Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, as we continue our Advent series, From the Cradle to the Cross to the Crown. Today our title is, Christ Humbled Himself and Was Born in the Likeness of of man. Christ humbled himself and was born in the likeness of man. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And whatever we can do to help, that's what we should be doing this Christmas. But there's going to be something else if you read the rest of that verse down in verse 37. It says then, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? Or when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of of the least of of these, my brothers, you did it to me. It's like the opportunity is there for you to serve. You need to ask the question, am I going to do it? You want joy in your life? Jesus, others, you. You come last. That's not what this, this culture wants, right? We have to be an example, a light that's different than what this culture is. We have to serve others. When we see a Savior obediently going to the cross in verse 8, it says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross so he was born and and humbled himself that's the second point is humility you want to have the mind of christ for christmas you need to have humility you need to be humble he humbled himself we talked about it how did he humble himself he washed the feet of the 12 disciples the lowliest job in the house he did it so he's like hey Bathrooms need to be clean. I clean the bathrooms every day and take out the trash at the school. Nobody asked me to do that. Why do I do that? Because I, it, it's, you need to have your hand in the toilet. But you're the pastor. Doesn't matter. You're the least. If you're the father, you're the least. If you're the husband, you're the least. You are the head of the house, but you are the servant. You're the least. You've got to think of others. That's what Joseph did when he found out Mary was pregnant. He wanted wanted to put her away quietly, humbly putting her away. Because otherwise, she would have been stoned to death. 
pridefully, Matt, you think about it today. It show up on TikTok. Can you believe they have the thing out? Mary's she's pregnant. It'd be on TikTok. Pridefully, that's how it would be. But he secretly wanted to put her away. See, we have to have the mind of Christ, which is to wash the feet and 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 to understand. Like he has the humility and and the beauty of knowing that like Christ gets hungry, and yet he created everything. He created life, and yet he's going to die for creation. And he died the death of the criminal's cross. And we can be so busy and, and, and not have humility. And, and that's one of the things that God calls us to have is humility. And most of y'all don't remember it. I'm going to give up my age here. An old song by Mac Davis. Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. That was the song. That's a lot of people's attitudes today. Humility is much needed in our world. Billy Graham says this. He says, we hurt people by being too busy. Too busy to notice their needs. Too busy to drop that note of comfort or encouragement or an assurance of love. Too busy to listen when someone needs to talk. Too busy to care. Because we pridefully think too highly of ourselves. See, one of the things I love is, is Teresa had shared this with me a while back, and, and it's from a book called Calvary Roads, and, and it gives the example of, of a snake and a worm, right? And, and the two, if you think about it, a worm, what do you do with the worm? A worm just lays there, right? It, you can put a worm on a hook. It's just there. It doesn't try to bite you. Right? It doesn't do anything to you. In Psalm 22, verse 6, it says, But I am a worm, and no man a reproach of man, and despised by the people. See, a lot of us were, are, are more of a snake during the holiday. We get agitated very easily. We let people know. Think about that rattlesnake. As soon as you come around it, the rattle starts going, right? Because you're agitated. You're ready to pop off and be angry. You're upset because of traffic. You're upset because of the line. And the, you're upset because Walmart has a line. Why do I have to wait? Where are my Amazon boxes at? You're just like the snake. But what else does the snake do? It coils up. And if you agitate it enough, what is it going to do? It's going to bite you. So what are you going to be this Christmas? A worm or a snake? Not me seriously. Because we, you know, when we think about humility, we think about humility, we think about how we're always wanting, it's, it's Jesus was a, a picture of selflessness. He always thought about others, and that's, that's a very humble person. And he's saying, this is the mind that you need to have. That you need to be a servant, you need to be humble. It's not about you getting your way all the time. Do you ever think of somebody else? See, when we, when we serve others and we have humility, it, it, it should cost us something. And, and what I mean by that is look at James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? 
Thus also by uh, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say you have faith and have works, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. He's like, at the end of the day, it's like, just think about how that verse gets played out during the birth story of Jesus. We got no room for you at the end. Now one person said, hey, let's make a spot for you right here. Can't help you. God bless you. Right? And off to the manger they went. But that's how we are. Hey, I'm sorry you don't have any food. God bless you. You're not going to do anything? You're not going to help? You know that a neighbor's in need? You're not going to try to help? See, ministry should cost you something. Dr. J. H. Hewitt said this, Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. If there is to be any blessing, there must be some bleeding. Uh, meaning that you work. You, you, there's some, it, it, it takes a little bit of effort to go take somebody a meal across town. To prepare a, a, a meal for somebody who doesn't have anything. That takes effort. It costs you something. And when you're a, a, a humble servant who's obedient to God, you're going to serve others. He says, humbled, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He submitted to the will of God by offering himself on the cross. Do you understand this is the whole purpose of his birth? Is that he goes to the cross? We don't spend enough time talking about the blood of Christ that saves us. The work that was done on the cross for us. It's the blood of Christ that covers you when you have chosen to follow Jesus, you've repented of your sins and asked Christ into your heart, you're covered by the blood of Christ. But Jesus was humble and obedient servant. In Hebrews chapter 10 verses 1 through 10 it says, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with them these sac same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year. Make those who approach perfect for then uh, would they not have ceased to be offered for the worshipers once purified would have no more conscious of sins consciousness of sins by in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year for it was not possible that the the blood of the bulls and the goats could take away sins therefore when he came into the world he said sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written to me, of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offering, and offering sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which an offering according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have Come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. There's no other sacrifice that needs to be done. None. He was the perfect Lamb of God who went to the cross, who was born not clinging to heaven, not clinging to his authority, 
not clinging to the title, to be obedient to the Father. And He was humble. And He goes to the cross in humility and obedience to the Father. Think about it. Think about somebody just walking up and smacking you. Do you not think you would say something? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That was his heart. That was his heart. Because he knew the heart of man was wicked. He knew the heart of man needed to have the heart of stone removed and have a heart of flesh put in. To think that some 2,000 years you're still talking about Jesus. And to think that the word will continue on forever and you'll continue to talk about Jesus. It's always been about him. Always. Throughout the book. From the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. It's always been about the Messiah. The Savior. The Son. Now we see that we have the, uh, the birth and the cross. We have the crown. The name above every name. It says, Therefore God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we see that, that Jesus takes the rightful place at the right hand of God. And, and he was highly exalted. He was resurrected. Right? He was resurrected. It always comes back to that same verse in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says, And you shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. His name, his glorious name, the Prince of Peace. And so God the Father highly exalts him and bestows on him the name that is above every name. Every name. You need to be careful what you're worshiping. There's a lot of nonsense out there. There's a church in, well, you can't call it a church. They actually worship Beyonce and share the scripture. So worship is them singing Beyonce songs. And as she calls God she and says this is a place where everybody's allowed. And people want their ears tickled by the culture. And that stuff is happening today. We're seeing a great falling away for many. And at some point, the word has to be stored on your heart so it can go forth and you be the light and the salt and you share about Christ and tell people why he came. And, and we see that, that God's highly exalted, like he's bestowed him the name above every name. God lifts him up beyond the heavens to be worshipped. So that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He's, he's given him the name that will be worshipped and that every knee should bow. Believer or unbeliever. Muslim or Jehovah Witnesses. You've never followed. You never wanted nothing to do with it. You die in your sins. Your knee will bow. You will, you will praise the name of Jesus. And then off to hell you go. Because you'll be judged. Every knee will bow. Every knee. We have people bowing for things today which I have no clue. What's wrong with us? The only thing you bow for is Jesus Christ. It's the only thing you bring your knee down to to bow to. People trying to protest and it's sad. But there's going to be a lot of people that their knee will be forced down. 
and they will bow. And they had every opportunity here on earth to know who Jesus was, but they choose not to follow him. So you'll either bow in submission or by restraint. You know, born is the king of what? Israel, not born is the king of Gaza. We're worshiping the wrong things. We're missing it. People are lost more than ever. You can tell now. People used to be able to keep everything in the closet. And you know, hey, now you know. You can see evil. Satan has no problem flaunting it. And, and we need to understand, like, every knee will bow. Isaiah 45, verse 23. By myself I have sworn, for my mouth has gone out in righteousness. A word shall not return to me. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. We need to remember that. You know, when we look at the story of the, the story of Christ, there's 11 gifts that are given to us. You want some presents to open up? Here are a couple of them. These are gifts that God has given you. The first is the gift of the Savior. It's up to you if you want it. Tell people, hey, I got a present for you. Hang on. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, And she will have a son, and you, will, you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want to give you the gift of the Savior this Christmas. You have the gift of God's love. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with an unfailing love. I have drawn you to myself. Somebody needs that today. Jeremiah 31, 3. You have the gift of God's grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You have the gift of God's peace. It may not be around you. It may not be in your family right now. It may not be at work. But because you have Christ, you have peace. In John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart, and a peace I give is, uh, is as a gift that the world cannot give, so do not be troubled or afraid. For those that are followers of Christ, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, for us, we are a new creation. We have the gift of a brand new life. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have the gift of freedom from the bondage and sin. In Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, so, uh, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You have the gift of, this, of supernatural strength. Now, don't go out there and try to lift a car, okay? I just want to make sure you get this. But I love this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can get through the deepest valley through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm thinking? You were in the hospital last year. Almost died. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We saw that lived out last year. And made it home before Christmas too. Praise God. I forgot about that. The gift of, of purpose. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do this new year. How about go to God? Because He'll give you the purpose. Trust that. You have the gift of prayer. You have direct access to God. That's why we're doing prayer the first Wednesday back. We're going to pray for things for the year. So be ready. That Wednesday we'll come together and we'll pray together. And once a month we'll be doing that each, each month on Wednesday nights. And 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence which we have before Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if, he know, if we know that He hears us, and whatever we ask, we know that we have requests which we have asked from Him. And lastly, you have the gift of hope. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize, like, when you have hope, like right now, everybody thinks, man, the world is coming to an end. What are we to do? You got no hope. You're the person that's supposed to have hope. And when the hope comes into your life, it overflows through the Holy Spirit. And you, br you provide hope for others. But if you're all doom and gloom, some of you, 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 you put a lot of weight in Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel. I'm not trying to eyeball. I won't, I won't eyeball anybody because I don't want to do that. But you put a lot of weight in that. You can find hope in a Hallmark Channel show, but you can't find hope in the Bible, in Jesus. Like, you ever figured it out? It's always the same. Somebody loses their job. They end up back home. They find the love of their high school or somebody that was in their life prior to. Somebody dies. They go home. They find love at their house. Right? And then by Christmas, they're in love and getting ready to be married. It's always surrounded by romance. It's always surrounded by a hope of a happy ending. And every one of them end with a happy ending. Do you know the Bible ends with a happy ending? For those that choose to follow Jesus. Don't you want others to have that hope? Remember, He is the Word. He's the Logos. There's only Christ the Word. Right? You want to hear from God this Christmas? Open the Word of God. You want to be guided for, for the new year? Open the Word of God, Psalm 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So what is your attitude this Christmas? Are you going to be humble? Are you going to be obedient? Are you going to be a servant? Are you going to have the mind of Christ? And then finally, are you going to be the snake or the worm this Christmas? If you've been the snake already, you're, why is mom so upset? <laughs> Hey, what'd you do to mom? <laughs> you ever get that one from the kids? Hey, did you upset mom? Yeah, I, w I was a snake. You know, you're like, hey, ask for forgiveness, repent. You serve a great God who loves you. Remember, you have grace for the journey, but you have to repent. You can't just go, oh, well. So are you going to be the worm or the snake? It's so easy to be the snake, right? It really is. But you need to have a selfless mind, a sacrificial mind, and a serving mind. Be humble, be obedient, 
be a servant and have the mind of Christ this Christmas. And understand like the hope that you have is because you've chosen to follow Jesus. You're his. You're his. And remember those gifts. When you go, man, nobody got me nothing for Christmas. God got you 11 presents. And you got to open them before Christmas. A week before Christmas. So when your kids try to put you on a $50 limit, I was like, man, everything I want is over $50. I'm a mess. I am a mess. But praise God, you know, that, um, that we have each other for, for friendship and fellowship, brothers and sisters in Christ. Think about others. If there's anybody that you know that's in your, you know, that you have in your life or you have a neighbor or somebody that you know they're hurting, do something for them. Get outside of yourself and do something for somebody else. Serve somebody else this Christmas. And teach your kids. All right. Santa isn't coming, but Jesus Christ is. Okay? Just remember that. I'm not saying that you have to just... But I'm saying don't forget the purpose and the, and the joy of Christmas is about Christ. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 